learn something from everybody. Uh, you got to make sure that uh, you're, you're understanding that and you want to get better. You want to you know, improve uh, on your weaknesses and make the organization the best that it possibly can serve. Hello, fellow leaders, and welcome to the Military Leader Podcast, bringing you conversations with today's most successful leaders. I am Andrew Stedman. So glad you're joining me today and excited to begin season two of the podcast. I honestly can't believe it's been so long since I wrapped up season one last year. I want to thank you for being patient and tuning back in for another enjoyable and hopefully an incredibly insightful interview. If you haven't visited already, be sure to check out themilitaryleader.com. And you can find this episode, the episodes from season one, as well as other leader development articles, resources, lessons, and insight. And while you're at it, you should check out a few other sites out there who are delivering tons of outstanding content to grow leaders and build teams. The Company Leader, the Field Grade Leader, 3x5 Leadership, From the Green Notebook, the Army Leader over in the UK, the Cove over in Australia, the Strategy Bridge, and the Modern War Institute at West Point are all sites you should Google and subscribe to. Okay, today's conversation is with Major General Jeffrey Broadwater and is one that I've wanted to capture for some time now. As a company commander in 2007, I was fortunate to be attached to 3-7 Cavalry as then Lieutenant Colonel Broadwater led the squadron in counterinsurgency operations in the Otomia area of Baghdad, Iraq. As a clear indicator of his leadership approach, Major General Broadwater treated us like one of his own organic companies. He was inclusive, empowering, and led from a coaching mindset, a characteristic that continues today and that you can get a true sense of in this chat. Major General Broadwater is an armor officer and a proud graduate of the University of Kentucky. He's served in the 82nd Airborne, the 1st Infantry Division, the 3rd Infantry Division, commanded 2nd Armored Brigade Combat Team at Fort Riley, and has served as the Deputy Commanding General of the 1st Armored Division. Notably, though, are his three assignments to the National Training Center through 70 rotations. As an observer coach trainer and as a member of a rotational training unit, Major General Broadwater has more time in the desert in Fort Irwin than just about anybody. As a lieutenant colonel, he coached armored battalions, then led the brigade observer coach trainer team. As a colonel, he commanded operations group, mentoring brigade commanders and shaping the conduct of NTC rotations. And most recently, he served as the commanding general of NTC in Fort Irwin, responsible for the Fort Irwin tenant units and every echelon of support for NTC rotations. I sat down with him to talk leadership, combat, NTC, and his thoughts on command before departing Fort Irwin to take over as the commanding general of 1st Cavalry Division at Fort Hood. I know you'll enjoy this interview. Here is my conversation with Major General Jeffrey Broadwater. General Broadwater, I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, uh, to talk leadership and, and training and combat and, and lessons from your career today, sir. Um, uh, here as the Commanding General of the National Training Center, you're wrapping up a couple of years of seeing uh, the some of the best units in the Army come through at their best training opportunity, um, uh, which is not the first time you've served here. You've, you've spent a lot of time here in the desert uh, over, over your career. Um, and so I'd like to elaborate on that uh, in, in, in a little bit and ask you about uh, how that's affected you, about some things you're seeing in the Army and about how uh, some leaders out there can uh, can shape their career. But first, I want to talk about your leadership philosophy. Um, you are a self-proclaimed giver, <laughs> uh, as you as I've heard you say, sir. And, and I'm, I'm curious to, to if you would expose that, unpack a little bit and what it means for you to be a giver. Yeah. So, you know, that whole thing kind of started when I uh, when I was the commander of operations group. And, uh, you know, we had just kind of gone back into decisive action rotations and, uh, you know, talking to a couple of the brigade commanders and say, well, I want to do this and I want to do this and I, I can't do this. And so, you know, we finally just said, okay, yeah, hey, you, you can do this. You can execute this. We're, we're givers uh, and execute. And they, they kind of found out that it was a little bit harder uh, and their higher headquarters might have been trying to do something to help them. Uh, and until they were able to do that, by themselves, they probably didn't really appreciate that, even with, you know, what the 52 ID replicates, uh, inside of operations group. So, so that was, that was where it started from. Okay, okay. Just said, yeah, I'm a, I, I'm a giver. And then, um, you know, as it evolved and, and as the, the scenarios kind of devolved out here with all the different dilemmas, uh, that a brigade combat team comes through here, 
uh, we were just, you know, just joking one time about, you know, about, you know, a brigade commander, I think, said one time, well, if I could only focus just on one problem set. And I said, well, you know, if you could only focus on one problem set, it would be, it'd be easy. So we're, we're givers. We gotta, we gotta make sure that we're trading the whole brigade out here. So that's kind of the, 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 the where that originated from. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Opportunities and challenges. That's right. right. That, absolutely. Know, absolutely. Yes, sir. Yep. Do you, has that translated into your kind of personal command philosophy, maybe, uh, on the, on the day-to-day side, too. Yeah, I, I think so. The uh, you know, I, I think that um, you know, any time that uh, as I've learned over that, that it's probably really good to kind of listen uh, and make sure that uh, you you really understand what what's going on uh, and what your boss is asking you to do, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know, come back and give that feedback to them and just say, hey, sir, ma'am, this is where I think that I'm heading with this. Am I going in the mm-hmm. right direction? Uh, and moving through there, and I think that you'll find out that you'll you have a lot of leeway uh, in how you're trying to to get your task accomplished if you do it that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So is uh, is empowering subordinates important to you? Uh, I, I, it's extremely important, right? I mean, there is. Uh, thank goodness the army has many talented people, right? That 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 it does, and uh, to you know, at the end of the day, I I think that everybody in the army, if you're a leader, you're a team builder. Right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. there. There is no one man show or one person show in uh, in the army to accomplish everything that's going on, especially as you as you move up in different levels. Mm-hmm. So so empowering subordinates, making sure that they're capable of understanding what they're doing um, and, and what you'd ask them to accomplish, how they fit into into the piece of, uh, of the mission is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. So coming into a command, let's say so you're about to uh, go command the first cavalry division down in Fort Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Fantastic opportunity. I know you're excited about it, sir. Um, you know, going into that organization and really for uh, new leaders coming in at any level, when you look across the scope of a new team, how do you how do you assess what talents might be there in the team, either exposed or dormant that you want to bring out over the course of your command? Yeah, I think that a lot of that just has to do with talking people. Right. You know, the, the, the one good thing about the Army is that, you know, based off of, of your experiences, uh, there's probably going to be a couple people that you've worked with or that you've served with before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can kind of rely on those, those, those type of relationships and those experiences that you've got. But then, you know, as you, as you continue to kind of develop and listen and, and take in things, I think that you're able to, to really get a good firm grasp of, of what people's strengths are and what weaknesses are, right? I mean, everybody's got weaknesses, me included. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's what makes, makes teams the best is that, you know, you're self-aware enough to know where, where your weaknesses are, where you're trying to improve. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got a, you got a person like you, Drew, that, that's capable of, of, of having these really great, uh, a skill set that can really make the team better. And that's kind of growing and making sure that, you know, that, that everybody is capable of, of executing in the, the mission. Yeah. And doing what the, the team's supposed to do in the in the right amount of time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes me think about think about vulnerability yeah. in, in command because there's a lot of pressure for us to do everything right, and you're right. the one on stage and you got to right. get it right. And so, do you do you talk about your weaknesses with the team? Yeah, I do. I mean, I am. Uh, I, I have many weaknesses mm-hmm. in the. Uh, and I mean, I think that that every leader has to has to recognize that that. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm not improving it, right? You know, I'm trying to, to get better each and every day. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I'm a believer where somebody said that, you know, the day you stop learning is, is the day you probably need to change uh, professions mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. So you know, I've been very fortunate to, to work with a lot of great people and, and learn things each and every day uh, that kind of help build my weaknesses mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and skill sets that, uh, that I probably have, would have never even imagined the skills and the opportunities were out there to begin with, you mm-hmm. know, some almost 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, General Kaufman uh, mentioned uh, on the, the podcast here and, and to me personally to actively seek out those gaps, those knowledge areas that mm-hmm. you may not have a familiarity with and, and don't shy away from them, dive into them, face them up front and go research them. Maybe it's doctrine. You've you never done a combined arms breach, for example, or you've never, um, maybe you've never counseled in a, in a, in a real way. You know, he said to face those up front. I think right. that, was, that was good advice for sure. Um, so you've got a you know positive enabling uh, kind of leadership style. I think that emanates through. I mean, I, I had the fortunate opportunity to work for you in Anatomia back in uh, two thousand seven yep. and eight, and a, a formative experience uh, that that tour. I think for for everybody that was there, um, you know, and, and I certainly felt that positive enabling and leadership style. But sometimes you, you can't always use that technique, and, right. and so how do you how do you balance the what some people would call the wire brush, or maybe a little bit of the you, you got to get people to a place where they're just not willing to go. Yeah, again, I think it has to do with really knowing knowing 
your people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really don't think that the wire brush really, really works at all, except yeah. for maybe, you know, maybe if you have a, an organization or an individual that is very, very, you know, confident almost on the side of cockiness, mm-hmm. uh, as I think that there's a difference in that, uh, to, to, to make sure that they understand that they might not be as good as they, as they think they mm-hmm. are, that they're not achieving the, the standard that you, that you want to, to, to go in there. Mm-hmm. But I think it all comes to, to, to one, on any time, I've always kind of said, hey, am I articulating that right? Uh, because, you know, I, I think that most of the times you'll find out that it's a communication problem, right? Either me as a, as a, as, as a subordinate didn't listen properly or I, I didn't give the best guidance as, uh, as the leader that I could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, hey, did I, did I really ask what I was, was desiring the, the team to accomplish, uh, during that time? And it is, and again, just kind of going back and understanding where people work and how they, uh, which people take, uh, you know, information differently, I think is extremely important on, on how to move forward in, in that realm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're going to have, fi- you're going to find out that there's people that, that you need to, uh, that as soon as you just click with them, right? Mm-hmm. They say, Hey, Drew, I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and boom, it's gone and it, it's instantly out there, just kind of based off of maybe how, how well we get along or there's, a, there's the same similar similarities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's other people that might just, it might not have a, an understanding or the experience level and it might take them a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's important as a leader to kind of understand, okay, this person needs a little bit more time to do this task or I've got to make sure that, that, that there's, you know, I'm, I'm articulating that in a different mean to, to make sure that we're still going to the, to the, to get the same outcome that we want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some patience and leadership right. and development right. there. Yes, yeah. sir. Um, was there a, a leader over your career that stood out as someone who modeled that for you? You know, I, uh, I, I've been very fortunate to have, uh, to, to really have been around a lot of great leaders, uh, in, in my, in my military career. Um, it, but you know, I, I think that probably the, the the ones that I really learned the most from were my peers, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then my uh, subordinate leaders underneath me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, I you know, I, I still think that regardless if you're in the army or uh, you know whatever you're doing, that that group of peers that you have mm-hmm. really kind of holds you accountable, right? I mean, right. and there's right. there's there's competition there. I mean, it's not it, it's not cutthroat competition or mm-hmm. anything like that, but there's competition. To say, hey, wow, Drew Stedman did this really really good. In the back of your mind, you're you're thinking, wow, you know what? I could really you know get better at that if I you know kind of mm-hmm. learn and listen to that. Uh, and so I I've been very fortunate to have you know since a second lieutenant a lot of those peers where I've I've been able to to kind of learn. And, and get some of those lessons from, uh, and then you know, as a lieutenant and as a, and as a captain, right? You always have those platoon sergeants, or you have uh, a first sergeant, or you see a sergeant major, where you go, man, a wife. That that individual is a person that that is really making a positive difference in this organization. I can learn so much from him or her mm-hmm. uh, that I that 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 I want to get better. So I think that those are probably really the the, the kind of groups, not necessarily just individuals. Individuals that mm-hmm. that I've probably learned the most from over over my career. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's a, it's a certain mentality to be able to learn from any group that you come into, into contact with. Right. I think. Uh, oftentimes we just simply look up to, to draw the lessons. You know. Right. Well, because you know, no, no matter how how good of a I think of a leader you are. Um, you know, and I, and I think of battalion commanders or squadron commanders, right? Cause that, that's a great, you know, you get, you got all these young lieutenants that are mm-hmm. coming in. You got platoon sergeants that, that are ready to get that. The organization is still kind of at a, at a level where you can, you know, really, uh, influence, uh, and, and see them, uh, at a daily basis. But still, those touch points aren't going to be the same amount of touch points that you have mm-hmm. with your peers and your, and your subordinates. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, you know, extremely important on, hey, you know, you can learn something from everybody. Uh, you got to make sure that uh, you're you're understanding that, and you want to get better. You want to you know improve uh, on your weaknesses and make the organization the best that it possibly can yes, be. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I was surprised. Maybe I shouldn't have, shouldn't be, uh, but it's to find what you said about the peer influence in battalion command because I. Um, I, I did not feel that a competitive environment. Um, you know, like, like you said, that was, that was very strengthening, but there were so many times I got into conversations with a, with a fellow battalion commander and, you know, he or, you know, she would say, well, I'm, I'm doing this, this initiative, right? And I'm like, oh, wow, it's such a great idea. You right. Know? And that transference of energy and ideas across the formation, I did not expect that coming into command. Now, I would say that, uh, I mean, probably, I mean, half of the things that we did in the battalion that were successful came from someone else's 
someone else's kit bag. Right. Uh, and that that's a powerful aspect of the Army, I think, that people underestimate. You know, and, and, and until they get a chance to experience it like that, it, it may not see the value in it. So that's good. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. The uh, You know, having good relationships with your peers is, is not only just healthy for, you know, the entire organization that you're mm-hmm. in. But like I said, you can learn so much from that. Uh, but also it, it, you know, command you when they say command is lonely, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, there, it's always good to sit there and have a person, an individual go, Hey man, you know what? I cannot believe that, that, uh, that, that this occurred today inside my organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, have that person go, well, if you think that that's really kind of messed up or, or really bad, get, wait till you hear this. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, and, and to share that it, it's really, really powerful. Like yes, you said. Um, I'd like to touch on that point for a second because, Another point of, of enlightenment for me personally was the toll that some of the, the legal and soldier problems and, and uh, that, that occurred in the battalion. And it felt like I felt like I was struggling to get momentum sometimes to, to stem some of the, right. some of those things. Uh, how, how has that weighed on you in command and how have you uh, tried to uplift the organization when it comes to that discipline? Kind of yeah, stuff? the. Uh, Again, I think it weighs on every commander just because of the of the power uh, that and, and the responsibility that that goes with 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 having to do those legal actions, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're individuals, uh, and you have to weigh and balance that with the good of the organization and, and the other factors that that are expo- exposed with that. Um, and and you know, I think that uh, thank goodness that there's you know the, the army has lawyers that are that are capable mm-hmm. of going through that. But again, it's always good to have peers. Uh, or, you know, a mentor that, that has been, you know, that's the, probably the best thing that I've gone through Mm -hmm. is just say, Hey, sir, ma'am, I just, you know, wanted to run something by you here. This is, does this make sense to you or, or have you ever been, you know, in in an experience like this? And that's, that's kind of how I've been able to get through that. Right. Right. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, so I'd like to shift to talking about NTC. Sure. This this beloved uh, spot in the desert here that you've spent uh, how many rotations? Seventy. So yeah, this is going to be seventy. Then that's that's with as the CG as the Cog and as uh, as Cobra and Bronco, and then the, my own rotations uh-huh. as, a, as a player uh-huh. uh, out here. So yeah. So right at right at seventy or so. I, Seventy-one. Seventy-one is, okay. is is the the number on the wall there. Yes, sir. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, so if you would just maybe explain your 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 duty here your you know your charge here at the uh, as the CG of NTC and, and what your purpose to do so I, you know me just like uh, the newest soldier that comes to the National Training Center here we're all designed to to be selfless in, in nature and to make the rotational unit uh, the best that it possibly can to win uh, what when our nation calls us to to do that mm-hmm. so you know I have uh, the responsibility to make sure that the environment the training environment is as tough and realistic and demanding as it possibly can be mm-hmm. uh, to share those lessons learned with uh, with the senior leaders of our army uh, to really kind of drive uh, or to shape some uh, things in terms of where the army is heading mm-hmm. and then uh, as well as our home station training program um, uh, throughout there you know thank goodness I have you know great great folks like you and, and operations group that uh, that are that are kind of over there and partnered with the rotational unit uh, but then you know I also have the senior commander duties here of, of the National Training Center uh, to for the you know health and welfare of the, the great families and, and civilians and soldiers mm-hmm. that uh, that work here uh, at the National Training Center in the middle of everywhere mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so what are, what do people who might not have been stationed here, I made it as an OC you know, yeah. or in, in Black Horse, for example. Uh, what are some of the benefits of, of being stationed here and kind of seeing it from this side? I, I think that the biggest advantage that, that you got, whether if you're in, in the Black Horse or the Op 4, if you're a 916th of Support Brigade mm-hmm. or, or an operations group, uh, or even in the Garrison, Medac, or, or, or Dintac here, is that you, you really get to see, one, uh, some some unit going through a problem and getting better each and every day, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you really get to focus on your war fighting skills, you know. So you know, as you you go into Bronco uh, in the position there, and even as your experiences as as a battalion commander and in, in other places, um, you know, you're focusing on those, those war fighting skills mm-hmm. each and every day. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those some of those other tasks that 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 we all have at home station and everywhere else, you don't necessarily have that mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're able to focus on that. I think that you're able to to kind of study and get better uh, when you're you know 
when you're out there thinking or you're watching uh, some other individual that you're helping them try to get through a rotation here uh, 10 times out of the year. And that's extremely powerful. I mean, mm-hmm. that, you know, as, you're as, learning too. Right. Right. Uh-huh. right. As, as we talked, uh, you know, earlier here is, sure. you know, this is a great opportunity for you to to not only kind of relive some of your hum- most humbling experiences mm-hmm. of thinking, man, I can remember when we when we didn't do that mm-hmm. right or I should have done something else different here from one of your own rotations. Uh, but you take that those lessons that you learned mm-hmm. from those rotations and then you bring that back. So, you know, when you go back into to some unit there, you can go, hey, I know that. Um, you know, when, when my unit comes out to the NTC or if we have to do this in combat, these are some of the things that they are not going to do. And you get those repetitions at home station to really make your organizations better. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, that, that's the biggest mm-hmm. opportunity, uh, to, to come out of, of here at the, at any CTC, but specifically here at the National Training Center. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So they shouldn't fear it. They shouldn't fear coming to Fort Hood. No, I, I don't think yes, so uh, at all. It, it is, uh, one, it, I mean, look, it is a very humbling experience, mm-hmm. right? Just because, um, you know, we are truly honored uh, to, to, to have a, an army that puts so much emphasis on training and the amount of resources and the talent uh, that, is, that is out here, right? So you get to see something real each and every day of a rotational unit uh, going through and getting better at that high level or that co- the highest level of collective training that, uh, that you can. But it's, uh, you know, it, it, is, it, is, it is demanding, but you also get some great opportunities out here, right? I mean, it... Uh, uh, you, you, you probably nowhere else will have a schedule where you actually know what unit's coming in and, and what training day is going to be at least one or two years out, right? So, right. so there's some opportunities for you to, to really kind of plan some, maybe some, some family events that you might not have been able to plan mm-hmm. based off of where you were before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, sir. And coming onto the team here, I, um, one of the benefits I didn't necessarily anticipate was the level of expertise that surrounds me in the, in the, the team and ops group there, you know, senior NCOs and, and, uh, captains and majors who, who, uh, who know the job really well and, and, and focused on it through multiple rotations and are, are teaching me day in and day out too. And that was one of the benefits of being here for sure. Right. Well, I, I can tell you, I don't think that anybody's learned more from the national training center than myself. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I learned something new each and every day and that's, that's what's, uh, you know, the, the benefit of being, you know, specifically in OCT is mm-hmm. that you get professionally developed each and every day mm-hmm. uh, by the many great, wonderful people that you were just kind of talking mm-hmm. about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so that's, so that's one of the ways that it's impacted you. You think it, um, I mean, it's shaped you over the course of the years here. You're a different leader because of your experience here at NTC. I think so. Right. The, uh, you know, one, I, I think that I really kind of recognize just how, how difficult some of the easy things that, right. Some mm-hmm. people say, Oh, that, that task is easy to do. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, after, after four or five days of, of not having a whole lot of sleep and being attacked mm-hmm. by, uh, an, a, a near peer threat and a, you know, with a cyber attack or and a chemical attack mm-hmm. thrown onto that. And then you got drones and, uh, red air fixed both and, and rotary wing air that, you know, even the simplest task mm-hmm. can become extremely hard. Uh, and so, you know, there, there is a, a patience, uh, that, that you gotta, to, to focus on to, to really kind of help you get through some of those, mm. uh, that I think in, in a training period that when you go back to home station training or even, even in combat, mm. right. I think it's helped me out that way too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm. Well, what do leaders, what do they routinely underestimate or maybe they just don't know how big the challenge is when they get here for a rotation? Yeah. I, again, I, I would say that one, it's, you know, the, the easiest task that you think that, uh, that that would be easy. It's going to become really really hard mm-hmm. when you when you add the distance uh, that you're going to be operating with uh, against all those threats that I talked about. But I but I also think that you know we we kind of missed the mark a little bit about how important preparing our equipment is, right? Okay. okay. So and I'll I'll give you an example of that. So you know we all talk about a pace plan, right? Mm-hmm. A primary alternate mm-hmm. contingency uh, and emergency place plan, and we we practice that at home station mm-hmm. and, and we work that. And we talk about our digital systems and our analog systems. Systems, um, and you know a lot of it has to, to revolve around these systems. But we, we come out here, and those systems aren't operational, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, how can that how can that provide common understanding and awareness to everybody if, if they aren't even working, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that's the part where I, I think that that at times we kind of overlook the importance of making sure that our equipment is ready to mm-hmm. go, uh, and that it is truly. Fully mission capable. It's just not in some degraded thing as we go. Uh, I think that, that other people also, uh, kind of overlook the importance of the, of the basics at times, right? Mm-hmm. Or mastering the kind of fundamentals there. 
in terms of rehearsals, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, if you give a, a, a very, um, you know, timely order, uh, that uh, that is focused on this, but but you allow rehearsals to be executed uh, at your subordinate levels or at the you know at each echelon. There is that I think that you're going to have so much more success in any mission that mm -hmm. you do. Mm -hmm. uh, that that that's it. And then I, I think the third one would be is that you know we kind of forget that uh, we have responsibilities as as um, as subordinates. To, to kind of give brief backs back to commanders, right? Mm -hmm. we, in our doctrine, we, we give confirmation briefs mm -hmm. and we give back briefs mm -hmm. and, and on that because it, it can, it would be amazed, you'd be amazed. And I, and I'm not telling you because you, you probably already seen some of that is that, you know, we, we kind of assume a task was done at a certain time mm -hmm. and nobody's checking on it or nobody says, Hey, sir, ma'am, I've got this task done when mm -hmm. it was supposed to be done. And so then, you know, it, it just starts to snowball that mm -hmm. this, that this task isn't done. And then this, this condition's not set when we think that this set is going to be done or the retrans isn't set uh, <laughs> right. when it's supposed to be right, right. Uh, so so some of those things are, are some of the things that i think we kind of take for granted a little okay. bit yeah. and then pile on the fatigue and then pile on the yeah. all that and it just it hits right you. sleep's yes, important sir. right yes, i mean sleep is uh mm -hmm. sleep is important yes sir i just uh i'm listening to a book called why we sleep uh which is a, a pretty detailed analysis of of the, you know, the all the physiological functions and the benefits of sleep, but it it shows some of the effects of you know lack of sleep, and it's it's it, it should be uh, scary. And then we do a lot of risk reduction, but it's pretty scary what we do uh, out um, uh, just with the big machinery with him and, and with you know live you know live rounds and all that. It's uh, it's a, I'm seeing it now um, as a testament to soldiers and leaders that that uh, we conduct operations as safely as we do. Um, have you seen the the level of uh, uh, risk and 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 I guess, I guess safety has has that ebbed and flowed over the years here uh, in this environment. Are we, are we are we better? Do we have do we still have strides to make? Uh, drivers training, uh, risk reduction. Yeah, you know, I, I think so. But again, I think that it has to do with a with a leader involvement. Yeah. You know, and again, the, those things that uh, the easy things become very very hard. And so you know, you you talk about driving, right? So so we'll do drivers training at home station. We'll. We'll, you know, do it under uh, blackout conditions or night driving mm -hmm. and execute so many hours of that. But probably the most part where you're going to do that driving is you're going to do it on some tank trail somewhere, right, or some fire break. Uh, easy and, condition. Right, right some type of easy yeah. condition. And then you yeah. get into self, -con you know, this, hey, you know, we're, we're good. We, we'll be able to execute mm -hmm. this. But then you come out to a place like the National Training Center where it's not just flat. It's 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 uh, unforgiving terrain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're executing a mission where there's no loom uh, at zero two in the morning and you're already tired uh, and you and you have those other factors that are associated that that's where you know people can can really kind of think uh, and not necessarily have have the best part or, or best experience out here at the National Training Center mm -hmm. or anywhere mm -hmm. yes sir uh, I'd like to ask you about decisive action and how the BCTs have done over uh, you know the last seven eight years because when we made the switch from um, uh, wide area security to decisive action and, and combined arms maneuver, mm -hmm. um, you know the 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 intent was we had to we had to relearn these things. You know, it's these are these seem to be you know some forgotten skills and and so as we've uh, taught the force and put challenges on them, as you said in, in the beginning, we've expected them to perform. So, how are BCTs coming? Are we are we getting there? Are we are we meeting the intent of seven eight years ago? Well, I, I think that uh, that we're definitely getting better yes, uh, all the time. And you know, one of the examples that I use there is that uh, you know the brigade level live fire. So. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the first time that we, uh, we kind of went back to a, to a brigade level live fire, it was, uh, really, you know, we, we did a full dress rehearsal over, uh, the terrain that the, the brigade was getting ready to execute. Uh, we would allow them to shoot, uh, indirect fires to kind of get their triggers because this is probably the first, mm -hmm. first place where a lot of, uh, junior leaders or leaders in general would have an opportunity to, to actually call indirect fire in front of them, right? Or mm -hmm. in a, in a position where they called as opposed to offset or in some mm -hmm. impact area at, at a ranges. And so, you know, it was very slow, mm -hmm. right? It, uh, it was, it was a very long day, but now we've kind of evolved based off of, I, I think, of some, some really great efforts in our home station training plans, um, that where we, where we execute this live fire now, uh, under, you know, 72 to 96 hours where we mm -hmm. go from an offense with it, with it includes a combined arms breach to a defense, mm -hmm. uh, and then back out into some offense on, on that one. So, you know, I, 
brigades to include my own brigade. You know, we I don't think that we were necessarily at the at the experience level um, because we were coming out of Iraq and Afghanistan to execute at the level that we are now. So we we still got a long ways to go, mm-hmm. right? We still mm-hmm. got a long way to go to to kind of get the number of repetitions and the experience that uh, that we need in our in our uh, in our environment. But I think we got a, or not in our environment, but our formations. But I think we got a really good focus on that one, and I think mm-hmm. that we'll really really start uh, you know seeing an increase. Uh, in this, probably in the next couple of years, where you got, you know, a, a young lieutenant, you know, he or she has been out here, uh, and, you know, they, they, then they came out as a company commander, and then they, their third time they've been, you know, now they're a field grade officer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or that we get this multiple uh, repetitions in this type of environment, right. really kind of dealing with all these threats that we're exposed to mm-hmm. in, you know, in, in what's going to happen here in large scale uh, combat operations or, or, you know, multi domain operations. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So, what areas do you think that leaders can focus on to be ready for a decisive action? Uh, Keep keep it simple, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the, you master the basics uh, on on top of that. You know, starting at you know, I, I think that at times we we have a tendency to kind of forget that as leaders we're responsible for ensuring that our soldiers are trained two levels down, right? If you're a battalion commander, uh, you should be the one that sits there and says, "Hey, my platoons are competent uh, and that they are capable of executing these tasks." Just like a brigade commander with a with all the companies mm-hmm. that that they have inside their their brigade. Uh, and I, and I think that we might, we might forget that at times, uh, just kind of based off of, of where we are on that. But that really will help get those repetitions, I think, to conduct an attack or to conduct in the defense, uh, as we're going, uh, and, and moving forward in decisive action. I think that, that, that the other one again is that, that really you got to work on your, your pace plan, right? Because it, at any level, if you can't talk to your subordinates mm-hmm. uh, effectively and you can't share or have this common understanding, mm-hmm. whether it be on a map uh, or on a JCR or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. system you're going to use, that uh, you're going to have trouble being able to execute uh, at the at the distance and then at the tempo mm-hmm. that's that's uh, that, that we're probably going to face if, if we have to do this against the near peer threat. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I think that the best uh, phrase that sticks out in my mind, a descriptor of what it's like being here. And I, and I can't attribute it because I'm not sure who it came from, but, uh, they said that NTC is a comex where a fight breaks out. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I, I think that's, uh, that's a, that's very appropriate, uh, for, you know, for what you're saying. Hmm. Um, uh, what else about the NTC? Anything you want to throw on top of that before you, uh, well, I, I think that, uh, you know, again, if a, it just, a if you have an opportunity to kind of come out here mm-hmm. uh, and serve as an OCT, uh, I think that you would find that a very extremely rewarding experience, mm-hmm. not just professionally, uh, but, you know, if you have uh, a family, mm-hmm. you know, the opportunity to kind of get out here and see some of the uh, uniqueness that this area has uh, and all the opportunities mm-hmm. that, uh, that 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 it has here. But it's also it's just very, very humbling to be around all the all the talent that is orchestrated and, and that goes into putting a rotation, whether that be, you know, from the NTC headquarters through operations group or Black Horse mm-hmm. or 916th Support Brigade or the, or the MEDAC DENTAC, uh, you, you know, you name it, that that everybody is is in and and really trying to make that unit to to get the best that it possibly can because it's what about right winning winning matters as mm-hmm. as we've been said so. yes sir yes sir yeah um, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, development you know I mean the sure. leader development is just is the core of what we do in in, in the army and I think it points directly to to winning right mm-hmm. um, how have you approach development over the course of your career, you know, personally and on the teams you're in, what kind of resources, uh, what's your, what's your method? What's your philosophy for doing that? The, uh, well, well, I, again, I, I think you focus two levels down, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, at any, uh, organization that, that you're in there. But I, you know, I think it kind of goes back to your initial kind of vision or what objectives or mm-hmm. goals that you set for your organization. And I think that, you know, if you kind of put some thought process into those, that's really going to divide, you know, 
drive your development plan mm, uh, as you go through there. Mm-hmm. You know, now, you know, we're, we're in the army. So I, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you should be focusing on, on enhancing your war fighting skills, mm. uh, in, in any organization. So one of the, you know, the best things, if that's truly what you want to do, then you need to make sure that you're taking time, mm. uh, to do that mm-hmm. and really articulating that, uh, as you go out there. Because I, as I, as I, as I tell everybody, you know, I, I think I've never met a leader that he or she didn't think that that would that they gave guidance that that was the best guidance that anybody's ever ever heard in their entire life, right? right, right. And it's like, man, how could how could somebody not ever uh, ever think that I that I didn't say that or or that I mean, how could we have done that? But then when you peel the onion back, mm-hmm. you kind of go through that. Hey, it was development or again those personal relationships that that, that you're developing. We'll we'll kind of talk through that one. So I think that that really kind of comes out if you if you focus on your war fighting skills. Uh, and it, and it builds that experience that, that you go through there. Um, the, the other piece of that is that, you know, hey, I, I think that, you know, regardless if you stay in the Army for 30 years or, you know, you, you do one tour, the one thing that the Army is going to teach you is that, one, you can't do it by yourself. You're part of this great mm-hmm. team that, uh, mm-hmm. that we have and you have strengths and weaknesses. Um, but, but you, you gotta, you gotta sit there and really kind of focus on your, your weaknesses. You gotta be self-aware enough to know that, hey, I'm not uh, necessarily, you know, this, this is probably somewhere where I am not as good as I need to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and help grow and develop yourself in, into that realm. And we kind of, you know, alluded that a little bit earlier. But, you know, in, as I was talking to, to, to people underneath me or, or, you know, again, the great people that I've kind of been able to, to work throughout, throughout my career, They've always kind of helped me groan and and given me that constructive feedback to to help me to to go through there. But but you know a lot of times people will uh, will will have a tendency not to necessarily listen to that, and that's where I think the professional and the maturity comes in to say, hey, look, I, I really do have these skill sets that I need to work on, uh, and you're going to help me. So so that's where I you know kind of focus on this prof- you know this this professional or personal I'll call it development uh, as we go. Um, and, and, uh, you know, the other part of that is that, you know, there, there's a lot of individual development that, mm. that I think that, um, you know, that, that, that I think kind of separates individuals, right? You know, people that regardless of what job that they're, they're in, if they have a desire, uh, to get better, to, to seek self-improvement, mm. to, to sit there and ask questions about, well, you know, I don't really know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me go, let me go research this for a little bit and take the time to kind of think about that one. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, because not only, I think it gives them confidence and it gives them the experience to, to execute those tasks as we go through there. So, so, you know, in, in the development program, I think that there's an opportunity or, or that, that the person that is in charge of that development has to, to be motivating, uh, to kind of stimulate uh, some of that, because um, uh, we all, like I said, need to need, need an opportunity to kind of go out there and, and seek our own answers to some of the problems that uh, that we might have, or or some something that we want to improve on. Yeah, right, sir. Right. Yeah. Um, do you have any, or do you want to share any thoughts about your your development uh, ideas as you go into in the command and first cab there? Yeah. The uh, so so again, I you know I, you know war fighting is 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 the number one focus that I think that uh, that that we should all focus on as mm. as as we move as we move forward. And then it's that professional development. Hey, you know where where do you want to go? You know, again, as a you know fortunate to be to, to uh, as a division commander, you can talk about battalion commanders, right? As you look two levels down, battalion uh, that that are probably a little bit more senior mm. than uh, than lieutenants. So you know how how are you preparing yourself? You know how 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 are you making yourself better as a person um, to, to, to on some of the things that you just might not have seen or you might have had uh, a blind spot uh, or you've just been kind of blowing that off based off of, you know, the other things that have been going on in your in your life and you haven't had an opportunity to kind of work at this. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, hey, this this is something that's going to make yourself better. If that, if that makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. Uh, yes, sir. at all. Yes, sir. The, the running... Yeah, challenge. It seems, and discussion seems to be really the this notion of um, uh, of the the overtasking, right, sir, and then all the garrison activities that have to happen, and balancing that with the tactical and the maybe the family side and some personal things, right. and, and getting overwhelmed by the you know the mountain of of stuff that we have to do to get the mission done. Um, sorting through that, I think, is a key in uh, uh, figuring out how to prioritize. Uh, have you thought about how you're going to prioritize or what your vision is going to be? The uh, I've thought about it a, a little bit uh, on uh, on 
on you know where we want to go. You know, again, thank mm-hmm. goodness is that you know it, it's a it's a great organization. It's had great leaders before yes, me, yeah. uh, and so we'll kind of you know continue to to work through that as as we finish up here at uh, at NTC. But the uh, you know you you kind of talk about that balance thing. You know, I, I have I've been very fortunate. Um, that, and I don't think that I've ever, you know, I'm, I'm not a master of balance. I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm working on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, myself, but our, you know, our, our kids are over and thinking, I got a great wife and I got a great family. Um, but one of the things that I think has helped me balance that is that, uh, it, it is the physical fitness piece okay. of, of what the army brings, right? Okay. Um, uh, and that, uh, you know, it, it's really helped me take opportunities to, to kind of, take a moment to think as I'm out on a run mm-hmm. uh, or just get some, get some time uh, away to, to, you know, release some energy, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's one of the things where I've been, you know, very fortunate to, to, to have that. I think we all are very fortunate to have mm-hmm. that in the army, uh, to be able to have that Avenue. And we might be missing that at times. Not only does it help provide you with that physical endurance and that physical strength, but I think it also does a lot for you mentally, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. to help prepare you for some of the things that you were talking about, uh, before and trying to balance career, family, and, and all the other things that, uh, that the army and life has thrown at you. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, how many miles are you running a week lately, sir? I, I'm not. I'm not running as many miles as I as I used to. The because uh, I'm, I'm I've gone more in this uh, ACFT. Uh, thing. Oh yeah, yes, well, sir. right, right. Because it's. Uh, I mean, that, that's that truly is a great concept, and it's. A, I've got some weaknesses that I that mm-hmm. I need to work on mm-hmm. there. Uh, so it's not all about the out the out the runs. We were doing those knees to chest, right? Yes, we were up right. there doing the, the the knees to chest on that one. So, but that's that that's good. I think that that's that'll be good for the army. Yeah, absolutely, sir. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to ask you about your um, kind of your decision making when you're when you're looking at a, at a particular issue or or maybe a mission or assessing a, a, a team. What questions do you like to ask yourself? What what key indicators are you looking for in a particular problem uh, that would give you a good way ahead or maybe even a solution? Yeah, I I think that one is just kind of what's the problem, right? That's Mm -hmm. the, that's the first thing. Do I, do I understand truly what the problem is, is, Mm -hmm. is, is what being articulated to me, is that really the problem or is there just some underlying uh, second or third, you know, type of, of order issue that that's that's out there mm-hmm. that that could potentially really be the problem, uh, and we're not looking at that. So defining the problem, I, I will say for yeah, us. So you kinda, spend a lot of time on that. Yeah, yes, yeah, uh, understanding that. Uh, and then, you know, the the time. You know, is is there a time? Does this problem, you know, linked to a decision that I'm going to have to make? And if so, where, you know. What's the time that that this decision needs to be made? Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, as the older you get, not not all those not all those problems or not all those decisions, you're you're going to have you know subordinates kind of looking at that, right? So that kind of goes back to the hey, if I you know if I articulate to this person, do I need to give them more time or do I need to give them less time or you know when do I need to get this so I can see a product that that's not a hundred percent. But it's, mm. you know, it's really kind of articulating truly what the problem is and, and the way forward so I can kind of think through it uh, and maybe use, you know, some of experiences, my own experience uh, or anything that I want to sure. add in order to, to make sure that we're hitting the mark on when that decision really has to be made. Sure. Yes, sir. Which takes a bit of personal uh, patience and discipline, right? Because a, a lot of times I'm, I know I've been guilty of the fact that I see a problem that I can knock down a target. I can knock down a decision. And I kind of, sometimes I just go for it like that because I want to get it done and get it off the plate, but maybe it needs to marinate a little bit and maybe we need to some, some staff work there. Do, do you, do you bend uh, different decisions based on the severity of the outcome? Do you, you know, how do you, based on what you think it's going to take from you to, to decide on? I, you know, I don't think that there's really kind of one set of, you know, kind of a cookie cutter solution sure. or, or a way that I kind of, I kind of look at that. It's, it's really kind of, Hey, have I, cause I, you know, I've missed them at times, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I thought that, you know, my own self, uh, uh, was, oh yeah, this is definitely the problem. Yes, right. And then yeah. after listening to somebody or, or saying, well, that wasn't the problem, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, right. as we go through there. So, you know, I, I think that that's where it really helps again to, to I think, have a really good peer network. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, you know, the, the, well, it's trust, right? Trust with you and your subordinates there to, so, so people can sit there and say, mm-hmm. Hey, sir, look, I, you know, I, I think that you, you, you know, we need to go back and look at this. 
because one, we just hadn't had the time or, or what, what we're saying is the problem is really not the mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, I mean, I think that that, that kind of blends into, you know, kind of answering that question for you is it's not really kind of a definite answer on, sure. on how you look at it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, yes, sir. Well, I want to want to ask you about combat here, and then uh, I'll kind of just open it up for okay. any closing thoughts if you want to add. Yeah. Um, so, we, you know, I got to serve with you for you know seven eight months uh, when you were commander of three seven Cav and in Atomia seventh first. What's that? Seventh first, right? Yes, sir. Carry on. So, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, and um, you know that I, I came in. To, on, onto your team after you'd been there for a while, but of course that's certainly not your your only combat deployment there. So, so what moments in combat stand out for you? you know, good days, bad days, significant lessons that'll stick with you for the rest of your life. Um, well, I mean, I I think you always remember the bad days, right? When you lose soldiers, sure. I think that uh, you know those always kind of stick with you um, as you as you as you move through. On you know, hey, was there something that that could have gone different, or you know, how, you know, what were the circumstances where that were around that? So, th- so those always kind of stick out to you. Uh, but I also think that you know, especially in my mind, since you know, I'm just kind of re- flashback in some memories in in my uh, mind here is that you know how you really got to, got to see junior leaders uh, develop and mature. Uh, over the course of time, so like you know, the surge that was 15 months, right? So, so young lieutenants that uh, that you know you kind of took through your your MRE and and your your train up to that, and then you're deployed, and then you can kind of see them as the as you go through that deployment, and uh, you know the the growth and the maturity that uh, that they showed each and every day, and and ha- and how that you know how that that really kind of molded them as as you kind of follow them throughout your career i think that those are those are uh some of the days and i you know i think that you also kind of remember those silly days right like mm-hmm. when uh there, there's a firefight or something and and just something something you, you'll remember something or it just doesn't seem weird that something like that should be happening mm-hmm. uh, like a balloon guy you know or just just silly things like that when 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 there's a whole lot of action going on i think those are kind of some of the things that 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 i remember the most uh-huh. uh coming home the uh, you know especially the the one uh, there in in you know the, the i've been very very fortunate with, with again with with the great leadership that that I've been able to work under and in the and the soldiers that that have worked with me um just the accomplishment and the pride mm-hmm. that you have about uh you know serving your country and making mm-hmm. a positive difference and, and doing the right things um th- those are probably the memories that stick out the most mm-hmm. yes you know? sir you, you mentioned the kind of the silly moments I what flashed back to me for a second there was uh was there on the streets of Atomia and I guess it was spring of uh, spring of '08 when when the awakening when the yeah. when, the, when the, the the Sunnis came around and they and they, they wanted to help and and so you're, they were ter- you know they were insurgents one day and then they were right. on our side the next and so that that morning I remember rolling out in the striker and looking out and seeing these insurgent dressed uh, men on on the sidewalk with AK-47 and a yellow PT belt which indicated that they were now on our side and that's right I, I don't I, I think that I had failed to read the op order then and I think I, so I looked and I said wait we got Hold on, what's going on here? So I remember calling back to the talk and saying, "What's happening here?" And uh, that was just—it was quite a surreal moment to see, uh, you know, insurgents occupying the, the street corners there. Right, uh, right, yeah. I mean, that was—you uh, know—that was one of those things where, you know, you know people say, well, "What do you think that uh, the that that the next fight is going to look like?" And I, you know, again, I think that we have great focus with multi-domain operations mm-hmm. and and futures command on focusing on uh, on the modernization piece of that. But you know, I, the the one thing that I if somebody would ask me, I guarantee is that those unknowns, right? There's going to be mm-hmm. something unknown that you that you just don't know, and that that one that that one is one that, that I I can remember that very very vividly. And, and Major Ixley, who's now uh-huh. a brigade commander, and uh, for he was the he was the three, uh, and he did a wonderful. They all did a wonderful job, but 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 orchestrating that. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I will tell you a story of, of that is that. You know, I can I can remember um, a, a lieutenant who is is extremely successful in in the army uh, right now, and um, it was about zero two in the morning, and um, that they were they were getting ready to link up with a you know a, a son of, sons of Iraq, and it was zero two in the morning, and uh, it there had been a couple firefights that 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 day. Um, 
and, and the, the the lieutenant had some extremely, rightfully so, some uh, you know, some some reservations about you know what the heck are we doing here? Mm-hmm. I you know I, I this guy was just shooting at me a you know a couple of days ago, and now I'm supposed to to link up with him, and uh, and and we're gonna I, it was a cash I think that we were looking for mm-hmm. you know, yes, uh, or something like that, and you know I can I can remember you know having a conversation with uh, with him at you know zero two in the morning on why this is important and why we got to mm-hmm. do this mm-hmm. and that. that you know, we all uh, understand, and we got to to move forward in the process. And he, you know, he executed. And of course, there was a there was a lot of weapons that we found uh, that night, and uh-huh. and did some did some other things. But but again, that that's just you know again one of those proud moments where you mm-hmm. think about just all the selfless service and and how fortunate you are to mm-hmm. to work with great leaders like that that uh, that grow and develop in in those. Uh, in those times where where you really just don't you know the unknown is is truly kind of the unknown mm-hmm. at times right mm-hmm. so, yes sir yeah. and, to, and to see those in the longer scope of the narrative right I mean those that that moment you know could have prevented maybe an incident later on right, right? or you know and right so those in, those leader interventions along the way are so crucial for building the story that we live here yeah wow yes sir so I, I'd like to just you know open it up to you know let you cover any topics or any any thoughts on your mind before we close out here sir no I, I just uh, one I appreciate you doing this I think that yes, it's uh, you know it's extremely important uh, that uh, uh, that that you're doing this and you know I applaud all one of my weaknesses is uh, you know I, I enjoy a lot of the blogs that uh, that some folks are, are doing out there mm-hmm. um, you know one of my weaknesses is writing uh, right? I'm not a, not a real good uh, writer at that well you're you're a, uh, you're a math guy right well, so I am I'm a math guy that's right uh, but but still I mean I, I think that it's very very important and I applaud you and, and all the other folks Appreciate for kind of putting right. this stuff together mm-hmm. uh, and sharing these things uh, so so I you know keep that up I, gr- I greatly appreciate them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time. I think a lot of leaders will, will benefit from this. Well, thanks very much. It was, my, it was my honor and pleasure. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Major General Jeffrey Broadwater. As I said, for over a decade now, I've appreciated his demeanor and leadership approach, and I've wanted to share it for a long time, and I'm glad you got to experience it. My hope is that you are able to turn around today, right now, and do something important with what you've heard. That's the goal of this podcast to share insight and change leaders in meaningful ways. I challenge you to do that. And if you have a moment, be sure to share this podcast with your teammates who might enjoy it and benefit from it as well. If you want to find out more about the episodes and the blog, head over to themilitaryleader.com and subscribe to get the latest updates. I would love to see you there. And remember, the views expressed here do not represent the Department of Defense or U.S. government in any way. Thanks for listening and lead well.